Welcome in. This is another episode of Two Cents Sports Talk. I'm your host, Adam Katulak, and I'm with my co-host, Brian Crum. Hey, Adam. Just uh, doing uh, doing the podcast out of the girlfriend's basement. There you go. There you Girl, go. Girlfriend's parents' basement. So yeah. very, very high up. You're committed. You're committed there. <laughs> yeah. So we got a show about the NFL today and um, talking about the playoffs a little bit. But to start, we want to talk about a big AFC matchup that happened Monday night, maybe the game of the year, the Cleveland Browns, Baltimore Ravens in Cleveland. And I'm going to pass it off to Brian just to get his initial thoughts on his team and how they performed and where he sees uh, where he see both teams going. Okay. Well, that was the best, worst game of the year uh, for, for Cleveland Browns fans because it was just like every moment was um, very stressful at the end. And it, it was because it was such a good game where the offenses were scoring. So it was just a back-and-forth battle of uh, you can do whatever you can do, I can do better kind of thing. So it was it was definitely fun to watch, but it was nerve-wracking because we were – we were trailing most of that that second half there, uh, but it was pretty cool to see Baker Mayfield come out of a huge deficit like that. I mean, we were down by two touchdowns in the third quarter, I think. So he he brought it within a field goal game, and people forget that. So they won by what was the final item? 47-42, but there was a safety at the end of the game yeah. that caused 47-42 with a safety at the end of the game. So it's it was really 45-42. So that's a field goal. Parkey missed a field goal. And it was and it like... Point. And, and the field goal was like a 40-45 max. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was kind of a chip shot. Like it, the offensive drive or the defense that got them there you know, did their job, and then he missed a PAT, so that would actually have won us the game. So you can't, I mean, you can't do the what-if scenario, but just to clarify, like, these were special teams' mistakes. So it was very uh, positive for Browns fans at the same time. Even even though we lost, it's like, hey, we, we have a cushion. A little, I mean, we're chasing the Steelers, which we can get into that later, but... You know, we're at least sitting in a good spot where we still kind of control our destiny. But it wasn't, we lost this game not because of our, our offense. Our offense played great, and Baker especially played great, which we needed to see. And it wasn't because our defense. Our defense played great, but, I mean, our defense played well. But special teams was where we actually, you know, you could you could compare defensive stats, I guess, on like where we missed blown coverage and whatnot that led to a touchdown, but we missed some easy uh, special teams plays there that left points off off the board. And, and you're typically going to lose the special teams matchup. I feel like against the Ravens, maybe not by that much, but you have Justin Tucker and Jim Harbaugh made his way into the NFL by special teams. So they usually have oh, really? teams, yeah, they usually have special teams buttoned up for the most part, more so than most teams, especially with Tucker, who, I mean, he's at least top three in the NFL. He, a lot oh, of my gosh. One, so I don't have a problem saying any of that. So That was another thing, Adam, just to cut back in real quick, mm-hmm. was I, me as a kicker, I, I thought that that was a beautiful ending to a game where it's just like, Hey, this is why kickers are actually valuable because 
the the Baltimore Ravens kicker just won them the game off of an insane kick, mm. and the Cleveland Browns kicker lost them the game off of missing that field goal and PAT. Yeah. So it just goes to show that there really are three, you know, football teams that you've got to throw out there, and you yeah. can't be lacking in one of them. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, and that, that's uh, a big reason, part of the Ravens' success over the years is just having a consistency at the special teams um, position. They always have a good defense as well. It's always You can't take their defense for lightly. It just depends how their offense will carry them, how far they'll go pretty much, just because you have the other two, for the most part, buttoned up. So it just takes a little bit of the offense that you see there. Yeah. In the game, like you said, um, offenses could score at will. It was like, who's going to have the ball last? That's who's going to win. That just was right. pretty much how it was. It's almost like Big 12 football where they don't really play a whole lot of defense. It's just score, score, score there. So, um, But it made it a really interesting game and a lot of fun. So I really enjoyed it. Um, and then you have the whole drama with uh, Lamar going out oh, and coming was back in. Their backup quarterback's else? in, and it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, we might have this defensively. And then – backup quarterback goes down and it's like oh my gosh who are they going to go to we definitely yeah. have this win and then they bring back Lamar Jackson and he's healthy and I mean he really he balled out that whole game it was really interesting <laughs> I really it's nice it's enjoyable seeing how special he is at running mm-hmm. it's just something we've never seen at the quarterback position the closest thing is what Michael Vick I, I don't know what else yeah. he's really compared to but I mean I don't even think Michael Vick had that elusiveness and quickness as that Lamar does I haven't seen that no. you know because it, it's it's really uh impressive it's really enjoyable just to watch him play his throwing has a long way to come but it's okay he doesn't really have the receivers right now the offensive line isn't there as much and the run game isn't as special as it was last year but they are getting there with Dobbins and Edwards and Ingram's their third back or at least fit wise for the offense he's like the third back he might not be the third best back but fit for the offense it seems like it does better with Edwards or Dobbins running the ball so um I mean that's a young group which is good the offensive line needs to figure out what's going on especially with Yonda I think retiring earlier this year and um, their left tackle uh, being hurt for the year. But they, they, they're they also a team you don't really want to meet in the playoffs. I don't think either of these teams want to mm-hmm. meet in the playoffs. And um, Well, they're also – you list off all those positions, and I don't know if I missed you, but mm-hmm. if maybe you said it on a pass catcher or a line, but uh, Mark Andrews. So having him there is special, especially with a quarterback that can scramble. Mm-hmm. So he's your, your sure down, you know, check down guy. But, and he can block. And that's a big plus. But um, Boyle, their other tight end, who's their blocking tight end, was out that game. So and uh, I think he's out for the year as well. So, like, you have Mark Andrews as a security blanket in the passing game, but the running game as much, the running game, you're, you're lacking. It's more run through there, Boyle. Right? So, yeah, it's more with Boyle. You always run towards Boyle. So that's that's just another well, thought there. And that's another thing, too, that I, that I wanted to point out was we can't forget Austin Hooper was out. Um we can't forget that Ward, our top our top tight end, Hooper was out, our top wide receiver, Ward was out, and then our top Odell, wide receiver, arguably Odell. Um, so that's a lot of money sitting on the sideline, a lot of big players that uh, that we need out there. So what do you there. think about about Odell being out? And then we'll transition to the overall general, but overall NFL, but Odell being out, Baker seems like a different player. I don't know what you attribute well, that to. Maybe he's forcing we, it to him, but what, what's what's your thoughts there? I mean, I think we kind of, we already touched on this on a, mm-hmm. on a, like our last episode or something, but I, I think that I really do think that you're crazy to think that we're better without Odell because he is just talent on there, but 
he's a standard, you know, top wide receiver. And characteristically, like top wide receivers over the years, T.O., um, Chad Johnson, all those guys are, are known as like divas. So they want the ball because they want, they're good, but they want to be a playmaker. They want to be a superstar. And that's where I think Odell has more of that than like a Jarvis Landry or a Nick Chubb have. So those guys are capable of sharing the ball. But I think that Odell kind of forces Baker into thinking that Baker needs to give him his fair share so that he doesn't piss off Odell, you know? Mm-hmm. That, that's my kind of thought on it. So that's why I think that Baker's doing better now is because he's not worried about getting Odell the ball. He's actually making his reads, and he's going through his uh, his thought process, his quarterback thought process more instead of being flustered. I agree with that. That that makes a lot of sense. And Safansky said he's also opening up the playbook more for Baker just because the reason right. he wasn't throwing as much early on was because the, 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 the design, the game plan going in was to run the ball, right? So well, now when you're changing, good... we, you see things you can attack on the pass game, you're exploiting it now. You see it with the Tennessee game. You see it a little bit with the uh, Ravens that you're exploiting certain – you're going for the mismatch now. It's not like you're just running, run, run, run. Right. And that's a good point, Adam. The playbook has developed. So that's another thing where I saw a Baker Mayfield interview. It was either on the game or like the post game interview. And they asked him like the pointed question about OBJ. And he, like, are you guys better without him? It seems like that. And Baker's like, well, that's just the easy way out. Like, that's the easy answer. He's like, you know, you guys need to, you guys are looking for an answer. So that's your easy answer. But, you don't consider that, you know, like I was saying, Austin Hooper's out, uh, OBJ's out, Denzel Ward's out, and or no, he was he wasn't trying to say bad things. He was trying to say you got to realize that we're in week fourteen and we know the playbook now. So like this was new to us, and now we've studied it, we've studied it, and now like we're actually executing it, and that started to click right around the time that OBJ went down. So that's unfortunate timing for him not to be able to participate in it. Mm-hmm. But um, that, you know, it's just because of their maturity with the system, not just because OBJ is not there. Mm-hmm. So Baker was trying to debunk any theories that people like me would have about, oh, maybe it's because of the attitude or whatever. Yeah, and he's also sticking up for his teammate, and he knows he's going to be yeah. actually be there next year or whatnot. I mean, it's going to be hard. You have to trade him. You, you can't cut him. Which, who would right. cut him right now anyway, right? But, like, you know, he's going to be either part of the team or you're going to trade him. But, like, we'll figure that out in the offseason. I'm sure we'll have a podcast and discussion about that. Right, but, um, which, which I respect a lot, and that's how I'll kind of close it out, Adam, is that I, I think Baker in the last two games has – done enough to shut up his his critics um like you know including me like the people who will criticize him who are within the browns fan base you know there's kind of a divide sometimes but he he's done enough to prove that hey i can lead this team to a super bowl you know like i i think that he has at least for now like that just you guys have to put your faith in me I think he's kind of proven that in those last two games. And then another thing, like you were just saying, like being a quarterback that's actually going to defend his players, um, you know, it's just another like 
solid quarterback move that you want to see your your franchise leading quarterback do. Mm-hmm. So I I think he's getting some some brownie points. Mm-hmm. So let's transition a little bit to the uh, overall NFL playoffs. We are, we're at week thir- week fourteen, week fifteen right now. I think we're week fifteen. So we have about three games left to just see how this shakes up. We have a few teams locked in the playoffs. I believe it's the Packers, uh, Chiefs, and Steelers um, that are locked in. Maybe the Saints, too. And, uh, yeah, in the Saints, we have four teams locked in. Packers, Saints, Steelers, Chiefs. Typically teams that we're expecting to be in the playoffs and whatnot. But I want to start with any surprises that you have outside of the top four and then just overall thoughts of, you know, what does each team have that they do better than others and where um, – what you look for in a team that's look look for in a playoff team and what typically is the method to get to the Super Bowl? Well, I hope you're ready for this, Adam, because I'm going to turn it back to you this time. Because right, I led into the last segment, so I want to give you your time back. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, I guess surprises would be to start um, the NFC East overall. I, I don't know. I don't think we've ever seen a division that bad. Uh, the Washington's six and seven, so it's not like. I mean, they might have a a, a five hundred record by the time the playoffs come around, which isn't terrible. We've seen a seven and nine team with I think the Seahawks before make it, but that's just a really at the start of the year. You're not thinking. Okay, you're thinking. Okay, Cowboys are good. And obviously, we weren't expecting Dak to be hurt, but um, that you think the Cowboys can win the division? The Eagles won the uh, Super Bowl three years ago. I think they won it three years ago, which is something else. They made the playoffs last year. But it's just a big question mark of what's what's going on with the division. You know, that, that's just something that no one was really expecting at the beginning of the year. But um, but here we are with them. Um, we have Tampa Bay at six in the in the NFC, which is what what, what were you expecting? There, so almost I, I feel like it was Super Bowl or bust. You know, LeBron goes to the Lakers, it's championship or bust almost. You know, Kawhi and George get together, it's championship or bust. But it's the first year. We have to remember that. So like LeBron didn't make you know he didn't. LeBron always needs his first year. year. Brady, I mean, Brady's been in the system same time. Bruce Arians is completely different from uh, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick's buttoned up, low penalties, no turnovers. Brady, uh, then you have risk it, no biscuit, no risk it, no biscuit from Bruce Arians. And you it see, is completely different. you see different. Brady has more interceptions than he ever has, and the, panel, the team's way more penalized than Brady's used to, and it's just a lot more mistakes. So it's just you can see the big discrepancies between the two. But overall, I think that... Um, I could see most of these teams making the playoffs. The two surprises would be the seventh seed, the Dolphins and the Cardinals to me. Um, I didn't expect the Dolphins to be up here just yet. I know they were coming on a lot at the end of the year last year, sort of like the Giants this year. I feel like the Giants are coming on a lot this year. Um, they might still make the playoffs over Washington just because the NFC East is so bad, but I feel like they're getting more competitive. They have a new young coach, Joe Judge, similar to um, the Dolphins, and they're just – developing overall they have a few draft picks they have a top 10 draft pick which i like to get into later on at a different um, at a different time and what they might use that for and uh I, i'm not positive Tua can get them there in the first round but i do see them competing um competing in the future in the near future um but Tua's gonna be a big part of that i'm not sure if he's the guy he's playing there right but like we need to see what 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 comes of it i guess and then the Cardinals, um, Cliff Kingsbury got fired from Texas Tech, which is crazy. And they traded Josh Rosen and cut their head coach after the first year of them being there. Hired Cliff Kingsbury, got um, Kyler Murray. And now, two years later, 
you know, they make it to Andre Hopkins trade in the offseason. They're seven and six. They're they're seventh in the NFC. So it's just uh, it, it's really impressive. I was not expecting the Cardinals to be in this position right now, but Kyler Murray's electrifying, and I really I feel more comfortable with the Cardinals than the Dolphins going forward. But those are the two big surprises I have, and then just the NFC East as a whole. So yeah, I agree. The NFC East is. Uh it's pretty messy out there, but it's weird because there's like still a lot of talent out there. I mean, it's kind of a a rough year for the Cowboys losing uh, Dak, um, but the the Redskins have shown some promise with uh with their running back, the uh, the rookie that we touched upon uh, last time. Gibson. I think Gibson, yeah, yeah, they're doing good there, but I don't know. For me, I mean, not to stay on the Browns, but the Browns are definitely my biggest surprise because, you know, we had that hype year last year and then uh, the, the big letdown, and then we go into this year and Bakers starts off playing a little shaky and uh, we're still winning games and there's some injuries and then we're still, it's our first year with Stefanski and then. I would have never guessed that they're at nine and four and actually competing for for the uh, division yeah. with with the Ravens and the the Steelers, which that'll be interesting. But so the whole AFC uh, is really interesting to me, just because you know the AFC North has three legitimate teams that uh, you know could make the playoffs, and it's I mean maybe not. I'll make it now. That might not be a possible. Um, but they have three teams that are worthy of playoff spots, and only two of them might get a spot. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be an interesting uh, look into the AFC North to clear out this season. But I've only been focused on that, so I don't know how tight the rest of the league is looking. I would say the AFC North is similar to the NFC West. The NFC West might be a little bit better when Garoppolo's healthy with the 49ers, but you have the Rams, the Cardinals, and the Seahawks all in the playoffs right now from the NFC West. And the Steelers are two-seed, Browns five-seed, Ravens are eight. They're right behind the uh, Dolphins. So, And I expect, I think the Ravens have the easy schedule going forward, so they should be able to make the playoffs. So you're going to have three from those two divisions, so it's a toss-up there. You have Burrow and Garoppolo with the other two teams. Um, Bengals have a little bit more to do to get personnel there. Um, but I think, the, I mean, 49ers were just in the Super Bowl last year. I think they'll have a bounce back drafted yeah. and get back in there in a rhythm. Now I want to talk a little bit what I think you need for the playoffs just to win it, right? So it's it's December, it's January, you know, in the first week of February. Um, what you really need to look for, in my opinion, that for teams, um, teams you want to, like, not root for, but teams, what teams need in the playoffs are a good defense and a good run game. You want time and possession. You don't want to, you want to keep the other team off the field. Think about it with the Chiefs. If you can't keep the Chiefs off the field, they will score at will. Mahomes had three turnovers last week against the Dolphins and put up over 35 points. Like, I, I'm pretty sure every game he's he's turned the ball over two times, he's scored over 35. I, I heard that said earlier this week. So it's just like, it, it, that's extremely impressive. You know, how, how do you do that with, you know, they're just – you limit opportunities and they still put up points like that. And that, that concerns me about the Steelers. They have, I, in my opinion, the best defense in the league. Now they lost Bush, they lost Dupree, so you can drop them a little bit. They're, I still think, top five. But um, that they, they haven't run the ball, and they've done it by choice almost. They've run it, done it by choice not to 
run the ball. They throw the short passes instead. And I'm sort of questioning that because your offensive line, if you're dropping back 50 times, you're getting hit from the defense coming into you rather than delivering the blow and going in and being more aggressive and wearing down the defense. Because you wear them down by going at them rather than dropping back and pass blocking. So that's just a factor that goes in with all teams. But, I mean, I'm a little more concerned about the Steelers there. The Chiefs have been able to be balanced. They've been able to win games by running the ball. They've been able to win games by throwing the ball. That's something that's making them a huge threat. Plus, they have Pat Mahomes whenever they need to uh, come back. The Saints have one of the best defenses in the league as well. Um, they're, um, Sean Payton's been amazing at the you know coaching the quarterback position. You can win with Bridgewater. You can bridge with, win with Taysom Hill. You can win with pretty much anyone. You know, it doesn't look the same without Breeze, but it's still it's still something you can win um, out there. And then the Packers, they're not as I feel like you could run on the Packers, which is something that can be concerning. They've been good recently, but they, you can run on them. They're not as physical as a defense as you might hope going into the playoffs. They're the one seed, which is pretty big because the last five or six years, both one seeds from each are both the uh, both conferences. Their one seeds have gone or no team with the first round bye has gone to the Super Bowl the last six years. So that's a big stat, and there's only one bye this year, Packers and Chiefs right now. If the Packers hold on to that, that gives them a little bit of an advantage over the Saints, I feel like. But um, those are the top four teams that have already clinched the playoffs, but I feel like the run game is an extremely important part of the the playoffs and playing in December, January, and February. And there's uh, only a few teams in the playoffs that really run the ball really well. So. Well, you want to hear what it is. Through, through week 14 and uh, – 2020 NFL season, Baltimore Ravens are first with 2,259 yards, Tennessee Titans second with 2,051 yards, Cleveland Browns third with 2,301 yards, 2,031 yards, mm-hmm. and then you got Arizona Cardinals in, in fourth in and New England in fifth. Yeah. And then Minnesota, six. And these are New all Orleans. teams that were in the playoff conversation. I think the Patriots are yeah. almost out now. But Minnesota was in last week when they before they lost to the uh, Tampa Bay. So it's not like they're far. Then you have the Saints, Rams, Eagles, but they're probably out. And then you got well, multiple other teams that are in. So they're all playoff fringe teams that are have a good run game. Here's, here's the question I have for you, Adam. Yeah. Because you asked me a lot of Browns questions, but... Yeah. <clears throat> The Steelers are 31st in rushing yards this year mm-hmm. with 11,000 or 1,158. Yeah. And for perspective, again, the Browns have our third with 2031. 20, mm-hmm. So they have almost double their yards. Um, and knowing that Pittsburgh relies on their defense so much. And seeing that Big Ben's arm might actually be wearing down a little. What do you think about the Steelers going into the playoffs? My thoughts on the Steelers are, I, I like I said, you need a good, de- great defense and be able to run the ball. We have a great defense still, even with, um, even with Dupree and Bush being out. Uh, just hopefully we get healthy by the playoffs. We lost the one seed recently, so that that really does hurt. But I, I, I feel like. The drops have been what's killing us. It's drive killers because the short passes are almost like runs if you don't drop the ball. Um, I think Deontay Johnson leads the league in drops with like 11. And we've been dropped, I think we've dropped six passes going into the last game in the last, like, 
in the last two games each, like 12 passes in total. So those are drive killers. You, I think we had two or three in the Bills game alone in the first half where they dropped the pass on like a third and short. So it's just like I, I'm okay with the short passes because in my mind that's almost like an instant completion. Um, if you can go down the field and open them up, but that's like your one game because we're doing it by choice. Before Ben, before we knew Ben was like completely healthy in like middle of the year, um, we ran the ball pretty well actually. We were in I think 110, 120 area, so I think it's almost by choice design. You know, we go empty, we do a quick pass, you know, throwing those little screen passes out to the receivers and hoping they catch and run, which Deontay Johnson, Johnson dropped two last week, which ended up like killing drives and got him benched for James Washington. If yeah. you catch those balls, it keeps the drive going. You get in a rhythm. That's a big thing is staying in a rhythm, you know. So if you go three and out or six plays and you're out and you punt and you keep putting pressure on the defense, that doesn't help. But if you do short passes that are simulate type of runs, I guess, that's not as serious. But I, I'm still a little concerned. But we're still 12, uh, um, 11 and 2. We just need to figure it out. I'm, a, I'm, I'm thinking if we clinch the clinch the division, I have a feeling Tomlin's going to bend, you know, sit, bend, Cam Hayward, a bunch of the veterans against the Browns last week, and then almost like a bye there, and then play there. But hopefully they get right uh, then, everyone's good, and then they'll go from there. But I have a feeling that that's what um, Tomlin's going to do, because he's done that historically. So, Dude, um, you just got me so excited, Adam, thinking about a Week 17 Browns-Steelers game that could decide the division. That would be insane. Is that is that in Cleveland or in Pittsburgh? That's in Cleveland, right? In Cleveland. Oh my god! If this wasn't the year of 2020, oh, yeah. then gotta go to that. The dog pound would be so rowdy. Yeah, there yeah. would definitely be a rest outside First Energy Stadium. The the big thing for you guys, it just it hurts losing to the Ravens because I think the Steelers need one win or one Brown loss and I know that was so. so if you beat the Ravens though, then it's like okay, there there's a possibility of this, but the uh, Steelers could still beat the Bengals and have upset Week 17. But I feel like once they've clinched the division, Tomlin's not going to care. He just want to get his team right, and um, I I usually am hard on Tomlin, but I I actually have a lot more faith in him now and I trust him a little bit more. There and I think he's I know. an elite coach. Like he's really out coached a lot of people because when you had, last year we went eight and eight with the team we had. I mean our defense was still great, but with pretty much inexperience at quarterback with nothing similar to what Ben is right now, we we were still eight and eight and in the playoff hunt. Now we're eleven and two, we won eleven straight and we lost key pieces to our defense, so Yeah. Um, and that's yeah, that's so. Just to point out to to our listeners, if and who they are out there, <laughs> and if they make it to this point, me and Adam have been like best friends since like first grade, yeah, uh, of elementary school. So, and Adam has always been a lifetime Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and I'm a lifetime Cleveland Browns fan. So, well, I was I was a Broncos fan there for a little while because mm-hmm. I saw them, but it was because I saw them beat the Steelers so. with a game-winning field goal by Jason Neal. But that's besides the point. Yep. So, as a Browns fan, you always get good perspective from Adam, and I guess he takes my perspective for the Steelers because it's kind of learning about, so how's the enemy doing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I'm always surprised whenever I hear you say that you're critical of Mitch Tomlin because... To me, an outsider viewpoint, it's like, well, he has a Super Bowl ring and he has 15 solid seasons. He's one of the most like 
veteran coaches in the league. Like, what, what more? I mean, he's a black head coach in the league, so like, you know, that's very, you know, a prominent position for him. And it's just like, why, why don't they like? Why don't some people like Mitch Tomlin? But you kind of give me that insight over the years. So what, what have you seen from Mitch in the past that kind of upsets you that now it's like you you understand what he's thinking and you're aligned with it? Well, I think we've always had a good roster, so that's a big part of us winning. We've always had a good roster um, for, for the most part. Colbert drafts really well. Like, you know, the Steelers don't really miss on receivers. We do miss on the secondary lot, corners, safeties. But we got Joe Hayden, we got Nelson, we got people – Minka Fitzpatrick, we got people we've traded for and or yeah. acquired, you know, and signed rather than, you know, drafting. So that's what we decided to do. We're not going to go out and draft a safety. We're going to go sign them. We're sure. going to trade for them. So we know, you know, more sure thing, we're going to focus on what we're good at. And then we've done it over the years, offensive line, um, receivers. So uh, and that's what, a benefit of a stable organization. It is. And it, that, that's a huge plus. That That's a very key, especially for these young guys coming out in the NFL draft. That's going to be a huge part of their success going forward but go back going back to Mike Tomlin um some of the game management he does is frustrating like I think last year or two years ago we went to overtime and typically when you go to overtime what's your call what what are you gonna do are you gonna take the ball or are you gonna kick you gonna take the ball okay he kicked against the Chargers <laughs> I believe last year and they went down and scored a touchdown on like the third play and it's like what are we doing what? like yeah so I, I mean it's kind of stuff like that game management I like Going, being aggressive. Is that just because he's so confident in his defense, I'm making not, a stop, I'm, and that really, all you need is a field goal to I'm win? I'm really not sure. I think he's just trying to outsmart himself there, and that's the kind of stuff that just really frustrates me. And then going yeah. around for certain fourth downs, I like him being aggressive, but some fourth downs are just really questionable. And it's like, okay, what are we doing here? You know, it's just. Uh, is this really the best play that we have for us or taking the ball? Is it questionable? Is it questionable because he goes for it and it's like fourth and 15, or. Is it questionable because it's like fourth and two, but you're you're on your own side of the field? I'm it's saying. it's more like what what's been working, I guess, is like you know the slant passes over the middle or um, running it outside, and you do complete something completely different where you like you you hand it off, like you hand it in shotgun. You're going under center the entire game, running the ball for four or five yards, and then you go shotgun. You know, space him out like you're trying to trick the defense, but then you run the ball mm-hmm. like you run the ball out of that. So like he's trying to. I mean, it's not it's not him. It's offensive coordinator as well. But it's like we we need better play calls there. Like you you know you, we've been running the ball sure. really well with a fullback in front under center. Why would you run this play at this moment in the game? He is a defensive coach though, so like I, I can go on the offensive yeah. coordinator. He's the head coach. He gets the blame, but he is. But he uh, overall defensively, we're usually buttoned up sometimes defensively. Well, which and these are these are nitpicking things because right now I am yeah. and, and I've never you know. He's a top ten coach. He's probably been a top ten coach because there's so much turnover in the bottom half that you know. And I don't have a problem with that. Right. I'm saying he, you guys he, he are, could be you better. Guys are saying you know, we went from Bill Cowher, and I don't have a, you know. You Bill have six rings, and you're like, hey, we need more. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> no, but um, like historically with the Patriots too. If you watch the games, we always stay in zone. Brady doesn't do well under pressure. And man, now maybe we didn't have the personnel to do it, but we stay in zone. He'll pick the zone apart the entire game. Doesn't matter what we do. So that's why we always do poor against the uh, Patriots. But when like Alex Smith was with the Chiefs or whatever, we would compete, we would compete with the Chiefs pretty well because we could go zone against them, get to them, and Smith doesn't throw the ball downfield very much, so we can get him making oh, mistakes. Right. So like we would beat the Chiefs, the Chiefs would beat the Patriots in the 
Patriots would beat the Steelers historically, not all the time, but like that's uh, that's how oh, I not now, though. in the playoffs. That's so. why Pat now Mahomes Pat changes Mahomes that because he can beat now, you with the deep now ball. Now you, you need to go man against Mahomes, blitz him, and just you know don't let him move around, keep him in the pocket, blitz him, keep tight man over the top coverage, make him just meet you in intermediate rest the entire time, and that means you have to take Kelsey out of the game there. But it, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot there. So and you know I, I've got to give credit to uh, like PFF. I, listen to them and I think they brought up a good point where it's like with uh with Patty Mahomes and Russell Wilson it's almost like they thrive on those scrambler like weird awkward plays though so it's like tough where yeah and Baker started to do that during yeah he showed that but um Mm. It's just like those awkward plays where, you're, as a defense, you, you want to get there because you want to break down the O line and put pressure on them. But at the same time, it's like, but then that opens opens the barn door for a big play for that quarterback. Mm-hmm. And like when you're messing with the quarterback like Patty Mahomes, I I don't want to screw up and open the barn door for that. You know, yeah, he's he's a threat. He's a huge threat. Especially when you have Hill. He can beat you with his legs. He can throw it to Kelsey. He can throw it to Hill. And then you have, like, Watkins as a third choice. Plus you have Edwards, Larry, and Bell. It's just terrifying. Well, and the thing is, Patty just has to throw it up. He just, like, lofts it because Tyreek Hill can just – he's, like, flash. He can just get to wherever Mahomes throws it. I'm pretty sure he's the fastest player in the NFL. It's insane. Yeah. But Okay. Well, thanks for the insight on the Steelers. Yeah. I, I I do like that. I think that could be more of a focus for our shows moving yeah, forward. Especially when playoffs get, come you get the like Browns, leading into Steelers week 17. Yeah, leading into week 17, we can really dive into the game itself. Oh, yeah. Where both teams are, where we expect them to be in the beginning of the year. Are we happy? Where do we, you know, expectations and stuff like that. So, yeah. But with that, that's going to be a wrap for the week, a uh, wrap for our show tonight. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to follow us on Twitter. And, uh, Thank you for listening.